Welcome back to the MLB.com StatCast podcast. I'm your host, Mike Petriello, joined here by MLB.com national editor, Matt Myers. We've got an interesting show tonight. We've got a really fun guest, a friend of mine and someone I've worked with closely, who's going to talk us through how baseball on television gets made. But first, before we get to that, I do want to pass along an interesting fact I learned today about Willie Mays. You wouldn't think after all these years you could possibly learn anything about Willie Mays, uh, arguably the greatest ball player of all time. And yet I did as I was doing some research for a story I'm, I'm working on. I learned that in 1951, a 20-year-old Willie Mays played in 35 games for the AAA Minneapolis Millers, the AAA affiliate of the New York Giants, where he hit, these are real numbers, 477, 524, 799. And after 35 games, yes, those are real numbers, the Giants called him up, obviously, and they called him up while they were on a road trip in Omaha. And so he left immediately. He never made it back to Minnesota. And two days later, uh, imagine this happening today, the owner of the Giants took out an ad in the Minnesota Morning Tribune apologizing to the baseball fans of Minnesota for taking Willie Mays away from him from them after just 35 games. Um, it should be noted that Willie Mays then went up and got one hit in his first 32 plate appearances. <laughs> Maybe everybody's heard that story. Wasn't he, wasn't he like on deck for the shot heard around the world or something like That's, that? That is absolutely correct. It is. And uh, I guess you could argue that had he been called up earlier than May 25th of that year, uh, a tiebreaker situation perhaps may not have been necessary. Um, fun, fun Willie Mays fact, um, as an aside um, to my uh, Little League story from a few uh, a few episodes ago, that the, the Little League field where my infamous Little League story took place in Riverdale, New York, Willie Mays lived in the building that overlooked that field for many years. I never saw him, though. But it was it's, it, it was true. I've even I've even I, it was one of those rumors that used to float around. The kids would say like, "Oh, Willie Mays lived in that building," and like you never knew if it was true or not. But like they were like, I've, I've subsequently went and looked it up in like the local paper. There were like stories written about him living in this uh, this building called the White Hall in Riverdale. Anyway, what, after he retired, like when you were a yeah, kid, like, so yeah, like, like when we were kids. Oh, well, that's that's a shame then you didn't get to see him totally. Uh, as we've said a few times, this, you know, we call this the StatCast podcast. This is not a show about stats right now. This is uh, a show about baseball and interesting baseball things. And uh, one thing I realized is that we are about 10 days or so away from what would have been our first regular season uh, alternate broadcast on, on ESPN2, our StatCast shows. We've done the last two wildcard games, the home run derbies, myself, Eduardo Perez, uh, Jason Benetti. They've been just so much fun and they've been a blast. And, you know, the three of us, I think, are the, the names people see because we're in the booth and we're on the air. But uh, we are obviously just the tip of a, a much larger team. And I've learned so much about how baseball on TV works over the last few years. And I feel like people love to complain about it because it's a fun pastime, but they don't really understand how it works. So what we've got here tonight is uh, my friend, our producer from ESPN, Andy Jacobson, uh, is with us. And I'm just going to ask him all sorts of ridiculous questions about how baseball and television works. Hi, Andy. Thanks for hanging out with us. Painful to hear that we were just 10 days away from our first show. We'll be here and it's not going to happen. Sitting at home and killing time and staying healthy and safe and doing the right thing. But it's, it's uh that's a sad, sad reality. That it, we're living in. Yeah. It would have been Mets uh, Brewers at Mets, I believe on April 19th. And obviously we don't know if there will be any games, so we don't know if we'll get our games, but um. You know, really, this what we've what we've done over the last couple of years has been um, pretty, you know, well received by by everybody, and it's just it's been so much work. And so, I really want to get into not just our games, right, but games in general. Like, how do how do baseball games happen? So, just briefly, tell us about you know what what does a producer in your position, a live game producer at ESPN, 
uh, like, like do on a daily basis to make games happen? Um, that's a good question. Good question. Uh, I feel like, you know, for, for someone like me who, who produces sort of a national like, game of the week or, you know, sort of a one-off one game per week type of thing, it's obviously a lot different than uh, a lot of people are used to when they're just watching their home club and they're just, you know, watching a game every night. Um, folks are churning out great content, great TV every night. Um, it's a little bit different when at an ESPN or a Fox or a TBS where we sort of have, you know, much fewer games, much fewer inventory. Um, and, you know, one producer, one game every week type of mentality. Um, but a lot, yeah, a lot goes into it. Um, you know, it's not just, you know, on the games that we work, uh, listening to what Mike Petriello wants us to put on the air, you know. Oh, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> There's, um, you know, just, it's just a lot of, re- a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of communication. Um, you know, I think our goal is to always go into a game, you know, regardless of who's playing, but we want to, we want to come off as, as the most knowledgeable, you know, as, as knowledgeable as the core fan of that team is. Right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that we don't follow on an everyday basis, but we're expected to go in and, and understand and know, and, you know, the nuances of that game, that team, uh, what they're about, what they're up to, what they're doing, where they are in the season, what, you know, so, you know, just a lot of reading, a lot of research, uh, just in terms of like the big picture type type stuff. Um, you know, and, and to, to to prepare for for a broadcast outside of you know the conversations we're having with ultimately um, our announcers, who are the ones who are forward facing and 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 talking on the air about what they find most interesting. Now, Andy, you you know you've worked with Mike on these these alternate broadcasts, which have been I guess the the wild card games. Um, and also at Home Run Derby, I think. But what are you usually like doing? One of the like the set ESPN broadcasts each week is it like, you know, I you know do you do Mondays, do you do Wednesdays, do you do Sundays, and like how is that decided? And yeah, how got, how far so, out are the games chosen? Yeah, we um so you know we have we have four producers at ESPN, you know basically four producers um for three shows a week, right? So obviously we do the Sunday, Monday, and a Wednesday most typically on most weeks. Uh, and I'm kind of a swing guy. I float around a lot. Um, I'll jump mostly around between Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, you know, uh, which which allows which affords me the, you know, the opportunity to work with a lot of our different announcers, which is kind of awesome. And um, you know, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Not kind of just you know, there's I think there's pros and cons of both, but I get to you know see different people, work with different people, uh, different personalities, try different things, get creative. Um, but yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays by and large, um, and then the special broadcast that we do, the, the Statcast shows. I feel like I have to take a step back and ask uh, what will sound to you like a stupid question, um, and I need you to know that I do know the answer to this. But I'm, I'm asking this because I'm not sure everybody would. When you're in the truck, right? What is actually the difference between a producer, which is what you do, and, and a director? Like you work very closely together, obviously, but it's yep. two very different roles. Yeah, so I would say a director, you know, most if most live live shots that you see live coverage that the director is dictating what the viewer sees at home uh guy digs in the the director you know you the, the, on tv you're watching you get a tight shot of the, of the batter you get a tight shot of the pitcher um you know cut a wide shot of the crowd capture the moment the pitch comes you, you know the ball's in, in play the, the the director is calling the shots at that point anything sort of live that you see is the director's 
feel they're, you know, what that they're kind of making those decisions. Um, the producer for the most part is, is kind of everything else. Um, granted it's a much larger team, but you know, the producer is making it, making decisions on sort of what content we decide to talk about, let's say out of, out of a commercial break on a given inning, uh, a producer sort of, um, dictating what graphics come up on the screen. Um, a, a producer is, is, is in control of replays, um, uh, at least on the ESPN, um, broadcasts. I know it does vary a little bit from, from local TV, uh, and other shows, but at ESPN, you know, producer is calling replay sequences. So, um, you know, anything that, uh, that, like you see, like I said, seen live in the moment, the director is sort of cutting those cameras live. They're, they're telling their cameramen where to go, what to shoot, what to look for, um, and anything sort of that enhances that sort of coverage or in the replay packaging mode, that's sort of the, the producer's the producer's role. So like you said, there are multiple different producers at ESPN doing the, the various baseball shows. Uh, and I know the answer to this is probably, you know, there's different broadcasters in the booth, but setting that aside, um, how, how different can different producers make a show? Like if I gave you a random ESPN show from 2018, um, that wasn't yours, could you, could you tell me which producer it is? Like, is it that, is there much of a signature like that? I don't think so. Um, Nothing I... to make yourself sound important. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's obviously nuances, right? Like I, I have I have a mentality and a and a thought process. Like I kind of go into every show, wanting to, um, you know, want something something creative, something that'll be memorable. You know, I want I want to do a couple of things that might be memorable to a fan. Like our reality is on baseball coverage. It's probably the most challenging sport out there in our entire sports landscape, right? Like there's so many games. There's multiple um, multiple affiliates multiple networks covering that exact same game fans have that have choices they have options they could watch their home broadcast um so so at espn or you know when we do a national game or you know oftentimes those mondays and wednesdays that we do uh, are not standalone games they're they're up against you know if we're doing a mets game sny is also broadcasting that game and whoever the mets are playing they're also broadcasting that game so if you know i, I kind of attack each game sort of what can we do to stand out? Like we better do something creative. We better bring something that's memorable um, that the viewer gives the viewer just um, a different, uh, just let them look at the game in a different lens or just, just something that maybe their local show wouldn't typically do to give them a reason why it might be an enjoyable watch outside of what they're used to. Now you, you mentioned before that, your goal is to try and, you know, when you come in as a national broadcast to try and be like um, as knowledgeable as like a knowledgeable fan um, for that team, but you're often going up against like a home broadcast and maybe, uh, you know, the fans of that in that market, either because of blackouts or because of um, just preference to be watching the local broadcast anyway. So in theory, you might end up with like fans who are not necessarily fans of that team. So like, how do you try and like, you know, strike that, strike that, balance in terms of how you approach the broadcast yeah i think i think there's layers right like you want to you can't just neglect the the lay person right who's just tuning in for a casual baseball game um i think that's i think in any sport that a producer or anyone touches like that's the balance that they they sort of need to sh find and strike like you don't want to upset the 
the super hardcore fan and, and just be like so blatant and obvious, but you don't want to sort of take for granted that people might be casually tuning in. So um, I think every game, every situation is different or every way to present a story is different. But I think that that's something that should always be on our minds is, um, you know, there are a multitude of, of fandoms viewing this game and it's, it's our jobs to cater to, to all of them in a sense. So it's game day. You have obviously done a lot of preparation over the last couple of days. You've traveled to the, the city, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's just say it's a seven o'clock game, right? What's, what does a game day look like? You know, how early are you up? When do you go to the park? What do you spend your day doing? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of work put in before the first pitch is even thrown, right? Sure. Uh, like, you know, I mentioned before, like a lot of the reading, but then, you know, there's conversations with our, our stats group, you know, like we're, we're constantly just like finding interesting things. What's going on with this team? Um, listening to whether it's podcasts or, you know, local radio or whatever it is, we're, we're communicating with, um, you know, every, every level, every layer that we have, every resource that we have. So it's our, our stats people, um, we're, we're sort of coming with a game plan and, and game days when, you know, we, we've kind of, we've, we've pulled it all together. We've decided, okay, you know, these are the five stories that we think are like just really interesting and we, we're going to sell our stars this way. And, um, you know, we will start a game day with a, you know, we typically have like a breakfast in the morning with the announcers so we could you know, all get on the same page and, you know, it's basically a production meeting. Um, while we're doing that, there are, you know, an army of, of production personnel already setting up at, at the at the at the stadiums in the TV trucks. Though, you know, who knows what TV trucks look like post Corona, but that's a whole other podcast to begin with. Um, but you know, people are working. Um, you know, they, like we mentioned, graphics. You know, at, at this point, come game day, we've already decided. Okay, you know, these are the graphics we're going to build. Um, there's, there's, there's folks in, in the tape room who are editing, you know, flashback packages or, or, you know, any kind of, when you see things that we roll into a game to enhance the production, the flashback of a, whether it was from last night, a, a big, a big moment in the game that happened in the series last night, whether it was, you know, a year ago when this, this, ha whatever it is, you know, there's a myriad of, of, of tape elements that we, we have produced, uh, for, on the ready if if the moment arises during the game. So so there are folks at the game at, at the TV truck getting those ready. Um, but for, for you know for us for the producer for the announcers we sort of just um, you know we kind of have our final you know get together in the morning typically go through what we find is you know important after you know with baseball so unique right like I think you know you produce in Sunday night football or, or NFL like. Don't get me wrong; it's a it's a monster show with, with with a crazy amount of eyeballs. But um, you know, once that game ends on the previous game ends on Sunday, not a ton is changing. Baseball, you know, like yeah, everything things are changing every day, every night. What you think is important for the last two three days could all go out the window uh, the night before your your game because you know it's baseball and, and things change on on a dime. So. That morning of the show, we're, we're really just kind of pulling it all together, getting together with the with our announce with with the announcers of the game and myself and our director, uh, and we're really just kind of mapping out our game, our final 
final game plan, uh, how we're going to attack the show, how we're going to attack what we're going to talk about in the open, what we're going to we're going to do in the middle parts of the game, um, what we think is, is important towards the end of the game. Uh, and then we got, you know, then we sort of part ways and meet back up at the ballpark a couple hours before the game where we get to uh, go into the clubhouses. And, you know, for the most part is where the announcers are, are getting their last minute stories together, talking to players. Uh, we are afforded the opportunity to, to sit in manager meetings, which is pretty cool uh, and talk to the managers for you know, 15, 20 minutes or so, just to kind of get their thoughts, get their takes, their kind of pulse of the team at that point, um, and sort of call it all together before we're on the air. At, you know, in this case, first seven o'clock game. You mentioned before, um, you know, uh, graphics packages, and I think that from my my limited experience um, with with um, game broadcasts, that's probably the one thing that surprised me the most was like just the sheer amount of graphics packages that need to be put together, many of which never see the light of day. Um, like it's, you know, I mean, for, you know, the, the broadcasts that I worked on were, were like a much lower stakes and it still felt like dozens um, for each game. Um, and that really surprised me when I, when I was involved, what are some, what, what is, you know, maybe one thing or some things that might surprise the layperson about like what goes on behind the scenes um, for an ESPN broadcast? Yeah, you, you just want to be ready, right, for like anything you think might happen. And sort of like the rule of thumb, right, is like you could be prepared. You, you could be so prepared and think you have everything covered. And then ultimately it's a baseball game and something happens that you had just no one had any, no one ever thought would happen before. So I feel like we all go in sort of thinking, sort of hoping like we can, we can control, we can control. Let's make sure we're, we're covered, we're prepared. We, we have, you know, a ton of graphics on every player, you know, granted, we're going to have more, more content for the stars of our game um, than, you know, some of the lower, lower rung guys. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I would say we probably, if, if, if we used 20% of the graphics and tape packages that, that we had ready going into the game, that would be a lot. So, you know, so much hits the, cutting room floor, so to speak. Uh, there's, there's so much work that's, you know, just never, never manifests into like an on-screen anything, but you know, you just, you just want to be ready for that moment because you know that, you know, if that moment comes up, you're prepared and you're going to look smart and, and the viewer is going to, you know, the, 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 the it's going to be enriched for, for the, for the viewer because you're ready for that moment. Andy, I'm going to speak. Oh, sorry. I'm going to speak for uh, social media here. Why do you hate my favorite team? And why are you biased against my favorite team? (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever like wade into that and and see that kind of stuff? Because we hate them (laughs) and we don't care. Uh, No, it's funny. You're right. Like it's, it's such a, after, after a game, like, you know, looking on Twitter and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's fun, but it's like also can be very painful. And, and, um, Listen, I mean, we're, we are, the people who work on this sport love baseball and we love to produce baseball. We love to watch baseball. We're fans of the game. Um, you know, like I, I always, it's funny. I've always judged my bro. Like whenever I do a game, I, I just, what, what, what irks me the most is when I'll, I'll read a recap of the game the next day and they'll bring something up. 
that we didn't that we missed in the game. Um, and I mean, it could be as simple as like just I mean, I don't even like guy left in scoring position, which might be like the most unstack cast thing to say, or like yeah, just just something that's just like that like the, the like the AP article or, or some local the local rags wrote about that we that was just such a big part of the game and we missed it. Like that is where you know that's where it crushes us. So I feel like you know I don't know if that's answering it directly. We 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 strive to be we strive to we cater to every like fan. We want we want to crush it. We want to be great. We want to we want at the end of the day to you know for every every fan to just realize like okay they just covered a baseball game like they were honest they had fun they sold the stars they they showed me something interesting they did some stuff that was different than i'm used to on my on my local broadcast um and they don't hate my team they just gave a fair (laughs) fair assessment and if we and if it did come off as hating their team we'll just say like the announcers that's that you know Mike Petriello's, the the Boog Shambies of the world. Blame the talent. Jason Benetti's. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely them. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the beauties of, of live sports is that, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, like you said, you can plan for everything and still not have any idea what's going to happen. Like, what is your what is your worst fear going into a game? That the, the power will go out, that the game will be boring? Like, what's what are you really hoping doesn't happen? Good question. Um yeah, like power outages would would not be cool, but uh, we've we've worked through you know we've we've seen them. It's happened before, and that that does like you know what you know what's the worst thing that can happen is rainouts. Uh, I think like for for someone you know and, and and other people in the industry who especially like local guys who do the games like every night that's probably like they love it, and I say that with great respect. But when you do one game a week and it becomes you know, baseball, like they're not canceling a game at like 10 in the morning. It's, it's a, you know, it's a rain delay. It's inevitable. Like the gates are open, fans are in, they're drinking beers, having hot dogs, like, and then you wait and you wait and you know that this week long effort of everything you've worked for, you're at that point, you're ready to kill it, right? You're ready to crush it. You're, you're, you just want the game to cut. You want it to happen. You want it to just, let's go, let's do this. And then you're sitting around in the truck and it's raining, and you're waiting, and you know it's going to be called, and you're waiting even more, and two hours go by, and you like you, all that work that you had planned for, or, you know, just you, you're ready for the moment, and you don't get to have that moment. So that's probably the worst, the worst thing for us. Yeah, I can tell you, I know that feeling because I was supposed to do a game at Yankee Stadium with with uh, Boo Shambi and I can't remember David Ross maybe uh, against Tampa Bay, and it got rained yep. out. I think you were there. You were probably there. I was. I was there. We and we and it, that just that was the case, right? We had, we had great content. We were ready to go. I think we had a you know good production breakfast at uh, the Smith in the morning. We were we were fired. We were in, man. <laughs> we were ready to go, and we didn't. We never got a chance to do it. So it's 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 rough. I don't think people realize. I mean, you mentioned this before that um, you get to go into the clubhouse and you get to go into the the managers' meetings. Uh, and it's funny now with some of these managers having been former colleagues of yours, like, you know, like Aaron Boone, right? Like now it's almost like meeting old friends. Uh, but like, what's, what's some of the most interesting things you've seen just like poking around? Like you have an objectively cool job, right? <laughs> like I think anyone would say that. Um, you must've seen some really interesting things that you probably couldn't even talk about on the air at some point, I would assume. Yeah, no, it it is. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, the childhood Andy would be like, are you, are you serious? I grew up a Mets fan and I'm 
you know, like talking to David Wright at his locker and like, just, you know, it, it, it is, it's surreal at times, but you know, you've, we, we, we've all done it long enough. So at this point, it's just kind of, I don't want to say it's old hat. Cause I do sort of try to remind myself like, dude, you're, you're in this clubhouse like this is cool like you just just don't don't pretend like oh this is not a big deal it is it's really cool um but you know the like the the manager meetings and stuff you're, you're right like the the longer you know the older i get i guess um you know the more colleagues from espn that are now managers in in, in baseball it is it's it's cool like you know you roll into Aaron Boone's clubhouse and it's like oh I worked with you for a while and now we could just like bust each other's chops and like, you're the manager of the Yankees like that's crazy or like Alex Cora or you know uh, whoever it is so it's it's um yeah it's it's really it's 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 amazing it's I, I definitely don't take it for granted uh it's if it's one of those things where you can it, you can just sort of be like okay business as usual gotta go to work gotta go to the manager's meeting and, and hear, uh, you know, what these guys have to say. But it, it is, at the end of the day, it is pretty cool. To, uh, Which manager's sessions there. are most fun to sit in on? I was in uh, Aaron Boone's office for, I think it was the game I just talked about that got rained out. Um, and it was just fun to watch because, like, they obviously had this close personal relationship with him. And it's also kind of funny to see how, like, the inner workings of a, of a team can work sometimes because that was the day where the Yankees had made this, like, super minor move. I think they had claimed like Terrence Gore or somebody similar off of waivers uh, for, you know, go to AAA or expanded rosters or whatever. And MLB network is on over, over Boone's shoulder. And Eduardo Perez just sees it on the bottom line. And he's like, oh, Hey, you, uh, you guys claimed uh Terrence Gore. And Boone says, really? I did. I had no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, uh, I mean like Booney and Cora and of course not obviously there anymore, but, um, like those guys that you have relationships with beforehand were obviously um, pretty cool just to be back with them. Um, and they also let you do stuff that, you know, a lot of these other managers who don't necessarily um, have the trust or background that, that, that we have, you know, like just bringing in a camera a couple of times last year, we would brought in our, our camera into like an Alex Cora manager meeting just to give the, the viewer sort of a, you know, fly in the wall. Like this is, this is us just talking to the manager before the game. And this is what he had to say, sort of unfiltered, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, who else? Like, you know, it, honestly, it, it's it's more dependent on who the announcers are that, that are working the game um, and the relationships they have with some of these guys. Uh, in a lot of ways, like, you know, going into like a, like a council manager meeting when when boogs with you who they have a great relationship with is just like it's just it's just great it's just memorable um you know i know i think dave roberts is always just really really thoughtful just like a really smart really real good guy um yeah i, I don't you know i don't want to i don't wanna throw anyone under the bus for like not being a good guy but you know, I, I think most of these guys are, they're cool with this. Like they, they were lucky to, to roll in there. I'm lucky to roll in there with, you know, whether it's you know, Carl Ravitch or Jason Benetti or Boog Shambi or these guys who have great, great relationships with 
these managers, you know, rolling in with into Bochi's uh, clubhouse with Sut and like taping an interview there. Like it just the relationships that we roll in with sort of carry those uh, interactions and make them sort of fun. And it's not just very. It's it's, it's unlike a. It's not like a manager sitting up on a. On, at a presser and, and talking to the public or talking to the media um, like they normally would. It's it's oftentimes very much um, stripped down, comfortable, um, you know, and honest, which is which is cool. Let's get into some of our alternate broadcasts. Um, so I guess the first one was the 2018 Home Run Derby. So this was about almost two years ago. Um, I didn't know you at the time. I didn't really know Jason or Eduardo either. Uh, how how was this positioned to you? Like, did someone just come up to you and say, uh, "Hey, you're doing this Statcast thing," and were you, I don't know, horrified by that? Were you excited? Like, tell me how that went down in the first place. So, just you know, not to blow Mike's spot or anything, but I didn't produce that twenty. Oh, you're right. That was Tom movie. Archer. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, yeah, Tom. Tom. Don't listen. No. <laughs> so, so all this, all this stuff about producers and how important they are. I mean, you got you know, these, these, this, the talent who just has no idea who's behind the curtain, <laughs> and they're just, you know, they do their own thing. Um, no, the first, I think the first thing you and I did uh, was the wild card in 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 twenty eighteen, the NL wild card, yes. right? Um, so. <laughs> do you want to re- rephrase that question? Or well, I mean, it's it? you know, you didn't. I don't know. Did you volunteer for it? Like, did someone say, Hey, this is your thing now. And you're like, great. How do I do a second screen? Like, how did that start? No, it's, uh, no, I didn't necessarily volunteer for it, but, um, it was, I guess I got sort of luck, lucky, right? Like I, I was kind of right, right place, right time. And, and certainly love baseball and, and hungry to learn and, and, and dig more and, um, be relevant and be current and, and understand what's what's important in the game and maybe a combination of that and um you know just my background and, and what i've you know some of the games that i've done i did leading up to that but um no it was it was it was kind of out of out of the blue and very different than um any shows that we were really used to um uh, just, you know, just from the standpoint, like just from like really kind of basic TV, but what we were doing was taking the main ESPN feed of that game. It was Cubs Rockies at Wrigley Field, uh, 2018 wild card. Um, you know, that the Sunday night baseball crew was, was producing and calling that game. Um, and we were just honestly at that point, it was the first, you know, I, I know you guys did do the home run derby and it, and it went, and it went well, um, but it was, you know, the wild card was just sort of, you know, much like we do a lot of times with college football, with doing like the mega casts. It was just an opportunity to sort of capitalize on a big, a big night in baseball um, and give fans, you sort of own the night, right? Own, you know, give fans another op- option to, to tune in and view something different on ESPN2 uh, while the main show was on ESPN. So we were just taking the feed of ESPN's broadcast. We had a couple of our own cameras and we had, you know, Jason Benetti, Mike Petriello and Eduardo Perez uh, in the booth sort of, you know, as you're calling the game and, and we had our own cameras to sort of cut around a little bit and, you know, bounce around if, if the main show was 
on one thing, but we wanted we were talking about something else. Um, we used one of those few cameras to sort of isolate that whatever that was and let you guys go. Um, but it was awesome. Like <laughs> we kind of stumbled we kind of stumbled on something really special. I think um, it was refreshing, right? Like it was you know I, I'm the, the Sunday booth they do their thing and we kind of had an opportunity to um just present the game in a, in just a different way that honestly you know thanks to to Mike like and and stack has data that we sort of pre- used and presented it's just a, a different way to to look at the game that frankly a lot of people in the game are are looking at anyway so um, I'm not out here fishing for compliments, by the way. You can continue with the compliments, but I'm not. I'm not fishing right. for them. <laughs> no, it, it, it was. It felt groundbreaking at the time, right? Like it was, you know, just because it was, no one was really doing that. You know, we were a lot of broadcasts, even even at ESPN, we were sprinkling in the Statcast stuff, and the, you know, I think you at that point, you guys were in a really good place for with, with with the data and 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 understanding it and figuring out applications for what it means. And, you know, we were obviously getting into that, not even getting into, we were fully into um, clubs hiring and creating departments for, for analytics and, and, and craft, you know, creating teams and, and rosters and lineups and decisions based around that type of stuff. So it was just like a, a way to talk about that on a on a broadcast for three four whatever it was five hours that came <laughs> 13 and um but right but it was just like a different way to do it it was just a different presentation of game that we all love to watch well compared to a, so, a regular game um how different is your job for one of these these shows and i guess the easy follow-up to that is how much of that is my fault for sending you like 76 <laughs> emails in the preceding three days no it's great it it's it's you know you ha- you're got your knowledge of the of what you guys know and what you guys have um, and what's interesting about these teams and players really makes that broadcast right so um, it's different in terms of the lead up and the prep but I would say it's not so much more in a sense it's just more targeted information um, and it's more fine-tuned to to that that like realm that stack ass viewer or, or that just just that 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 vibe that notion that okay like we're gonna you know like i said before we're gonna we're gonna do five things i want to do three to five things that are memorable like and we're gonna we're gonna blow out five three these things about these two players whatever, whatever it is like with 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 these games it was like okay we're our focus is we're going to, we're going to sift through all this information that Mike's kind of generating and, and Jason's asking about and Eduardo's thinking about, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take all that, that stuff and give it a, a stat cast kind of tilt kind of angle and figure out how to sell it and make it cool. So I don't think it's like a, t- I don't think it was like a ton more work. Uh, it's just a way to, to narrow it down to make it interesting in that environment. But it's way more fun, right? There's only one right answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're both yeah. fun. Don't get me wrong. Good but, answer. Um, but no, it's rel- it's like just so relevant. It's so it's that's what I love about these shows is 
you know, that's what matters now. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I don't think it, I don't think I'd be crazy to say that there could or should be a Mike Petriello in, in almost every, every major league baseball broadcast. Um, Cause that's what matters now. Like that, you know, I'm not, you know, there's, the, I think a lot of the reason why our show works is because of the three of you and how you play off each other and you enjoy each other and you have fun and, you know, you might present some information and Eduardo who has a wealth of knowledge from, from growing up in the game and playing the game and being around the game. I think it all interplays, but there's no denying that the game is different than it was five, 10 years ago. And that the way you guys approach with StatCast and really think about the game and analytics and, and metrics and things like that, it just, it just matters. It's just how teams make decisions now. So why, why not? Why would we shy away from, um, why would any broadcast shy away from exploring that? Andy, I have one last question for you and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I think you're going to probably, uh, one up me by a lot with this. Uh, before we started with this, I was staring at Twitter as I often do. And one of your ESPN colleagues, Katie Nolan, uh, put out this video where she basically had like, you know, four or five other people, uh, media people on this zoom call and they played a game trying to see who could invite the most famous person uh, and have them like pick up the phone and answer. All right. And it was pretty funny because they got to like, you know, Dwayne Wade and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Clayton Kershaw and Michael Schur and all these people just like appeared on the Zoom call being very confused as to what the hell they'd been asked to do. That's amazing. And, and I was thinking about this, like it, it, if I was participating, who would that person be for me? And I was just kind of like thinking about who's in my phone book and like I've got some phone numbers of players and whatever. And I, I think maybe I would top out at like, Ken Rosenthal or, or maybe David Ross now that he's the manager I feel like you can do better right like you know do you have Alex Rodriguez's phone number like who's the who can you get that is more famous than that you must know a lot of people I don't I I mean it, I, I I don't know I don't know I don't th- I mean Lin-Manuel if I had Lin-Manuel <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be on this call right now I'd be talking to Lin-Manuel right now are you kidding me um that's okay I don't put you on the spot you're not going to go look through your, your phone book right now um, well, listen, I, um, I, I appreciate you spending some time with us here and man, do I, I hope we get to do some games because, um, even though they're just a great deal of work to do, they are so much fun. And it's not just cause I get to talk to Eddie and Jason for three hours. It's cause I've got, you know, you in my ear for three and let's be honest, the games we do usually like four or five hours. Um, and then also I've been in the booth that it it's, it's been uh, such a fun experience. And the reason I wanted you on the show is cause I've learned so much about how hard it is to make good baseball television. And um, I think you do a great job with that. So thank you, uh, Andy Jacobson, for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, Myself, Matt Myers, this is the MLB.com StatCast podcast. We'll be back in a few days. 